Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your time. I do appreciate your time. It's valuable to me. Anybody that's willing to take the take the time out of their day um, to hear about uh, some of the things that I discuss in this podcast, man, <laughs> I appreciate you because I know that uh, it's not always exciting as, as uh, uh, some topics that people like to hear about, right? Same with, um, I don't know, any genre of anything. Movies, some people like action. If it's not action, they don't want anything to do with it, right? Love stories, some people don't like love stories because they just seem to drag and drag and drag. You know, it's just everybody's got their thing. And so if you're patient enough um, to listen to me and my experiences uh, um, and lessons that I've uh, either seen or taught to, um, or experience through other people, because you guys know that I work in mental health and addiction treatment. And that's um, not that I'm ever talking about any one particular uh, patient or client of ours, but um, that's kind of somehow some ways that where I get some of the ideas, because it's just, you know, life on life's terms. And that's, that's how life comes at you, right? Um, I do talk a little bit about things that I've learned or picked up on in my professional life. And I do talk about things that I've also <clears throat> learned or experienced in my personal life. Um, and I'm okay with sharing that because um, I feel like if um, God's not going to waste a hurt, uh, then neither should I, right? If it's um, something that I find that a lot of people deal with and are just afraid to say something, um, then maybe by me sharing it or the concept of whatever struggle it might be will give someone the strength to talk about it whether it's addiction issues mental health issues dysfunctional family issues character defect issues you know i like to talk about holistic recovery um i haven't talked specifically about addiction um in in a while but um but then again i sort of have because everybody knows if you don't know um Substance abuse, right, addiction, more often than not, I would gamble to say every time, is a symptom of other things going on. And to reach full holistic recovery in yourself or in your family unit, you got to get to the root of whatever that is, right? You got to get to the root of whatever that is. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit about a little bit about people that I know that are, they're full grown adults, 30, 40, 50, and are still dealing with a lot of baggage, things that happen um, in their childhood, right? And it's um, things that they actually, they do. They use drugs and or alcohol to medicate some of the things uh, that they're feeling, right? But real quickly, don't forget to hit that message button, right? Talk, start a conversation with me. We can talk about whatever you want to. You can share a point of view um, on anything that I've shared. Maybe you've had a different experience with the same uh, issue or topic. I'd be glad to hear, uh, hear about it. I love to talk about recovery uh, in every form or fashion. Well, again, whether it's addiction um, in any way, mental health or just family dysfunction. 
I like to talk about it, right? And also, don't forget to hit that support button. Anything and everything that you feel led to contribute uh, to this podcast, I am grateful for. I count it all a blessing, whatever it might be, um, in any amount, I thank you. And those of you that do support the podcast, I thank you so very much. Um, it definitely does help me keep, um, you know, computer stuff and that kind of thing up to speed so that I can share my experience, strength, and hope with you guys. So, yes, whatever you feel led to contribute, thank you so much. And if for now um, it's only prayer, I am still grateful. I'm a praying guy, and I believe in the power of prayer. So I'm definitely glad or happy that um, some of you um, do that for me as well. Man, I could talk for an hour on just on just that. You don't realize how much I do appreciate that. But um, I want to talk about parental parental lessons and bad influences. Oh man, I don't know who believes. I don't know who does. So a lot of people do believe in generational curses. Some believe in it. Some don't. Some people just sort of chalk it up to this is the way. We were taught, so that's how we're going to do it. Or something like, my grandparents did it this way. My parents did it this way. And so, yeah, you're going to do it that way. And okay, you know, that's okay. Whatever it is that you feel like um, has come down along the way. Because there are some good things. There are some good things that we learn from the generations before us, not everyone would consider uh, that a generational curse um, is just always passed down. Some say yes, some say no, um, but not everything is passed down. Not everything we learn in our family customs is a bad thing. I get that, and I understand that. But what if it is? Who knows? I know. I know. You learned some good things too. Grandma and grandma, uh, grandma and your mom, um, we baked cookies like this, right? That's a good thing. I don't know why cookies popped into my mind. <clears throat> but, you know, probably because my wife likes to bake. And she's learned a lot of baking techniques um, from her mother. My brother-in-law likes to bake too. I guess it's in the family, right? It's in the family. So, no, not everything's bad, right? We bake the cookies this way, this way it's always been done. Um, and if um, not cookies, maybe you probably fill in the bank blank with some other family favorite recipe, right? It's just, it's tradition. We've done it this way. So, sure, there are a lot of good things that move through a family generation to generation. For sure. Same with me. You know, a lot of things um, I've brought down along the way from my grandparents to my parents and things that I implement today. But let me tell you, I'm not in this particular podcast, not dealing with 25 and 30 year old women, men and women who have lost their kids due to bad cookie recipes. Okay. I know. It's not always easy to discuss. Um, I don't know. If you don't call it generational curses or 
um, mom and dad's bad influences. Um, I don't. I don't know what other name to even call it, right? But we're going to talk about those issues, things, things that hurt, the hurts you hear about your great grandmother that seem to have followed your grandmother. And now you see them, whatever characteristics they are, now you see them, those same hurts manifest issues for your mother, right? And maybe, just maybe, even you're starting to see those same character defects in yourself. Whatever hurts, whatever dysfunction has just sort of trickled its way, maybe. Maybe you're starting to see it in yourself now. People hurting people is not new. Parents hurting children in some way is not new. Children going growing up to be dysfunctional adults, that's not new either. At some point, in some generation, you just hope that someone can recognize it and stop it. Whatever that lingering, hurtful thing was. A lot of families have, you know, that family secret. But that doesn't mean that it has to continue on hurting generation after generation. And no, not all the hurts are the same. You have one, maybe it's great-grandma or grandma who was directly impacted by what whatever it was. And that changed the, her trajectory. Let's say it happened early in her childhood. And so based on that, she builds other values, other opinions, other approaches towards things, including parenting. Right, And sometimes the result's not so pretty. Recovery will not start until that happens, stopping this generational thing. Getting someone to finally see that their pent-up hurt has caused a lot of family dysfunction, right? They just seem to keep treating people poorly, and it just seems to keep moving. It just keeps moving like, like erosion from generation to generation to generation. It starts with owning it. Getting over it, finding some recovery and working through it starts with owning it. Owning your whatever character flaws your parent, you know, may had, um, whatever flaws you were parented with. And again, maybe some of them were fueled by past hurts for them too. And that's okay. Just own it. The damage just keeps happening until we do. I think childhood depression can be a result. Teenage drug use can be a result of whatever family trauma trickles down the way. Their abusive parenting style can be a result. Aside from the immediate Physical injuries children can experience through maltreatment 
a child's reactions to abuse or neglect can have lifelong, mm, let me say that again, can have lifelong and even intergenerational impacts. And that's what I'm talking about. Childhood maltreatment can be linked to later physical, psychological, and behavioral consequences, and even stunted spiritual and emotional growth as well. Mm. Some people forget about that piece. I think it's like, yeah, there was lots of fa- there was lots of physical abuse in the, um, but he seems to have grown up really good, and he does really well. But you don't see the inside that stunted spiritual and emotional growth that they're struggling with, right? These consequences may be neglect, may stunt physical, or maybe just a point that it is physical. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody, I think, receives it differently from childhood to preteen to teenage years. These consequences may in, be independent of each other. Maybe they also may be interrelated. I don't know. But here's an example of abuse or neglect may stunt physical development of the child's brain and lead to psychological problems, such as low self-esteem. I deal with a lot of that, which could later lead to high-risk behaviors. I've seen a lot of that. That includes substance abuse. Some long-term physical effects of abuse or neglect may occur immediately. If it's significant enough, maybe there's some brain damage caused by head trauma, those kinds of things. But others can take months or years to emerge. Let me say that again. It may take months or years to emerge. Mm. It's so crazy. I think when someone in their young adulthood starts to manifest certain types of um, characteristics that are linked to some childhood trauma, it happens so late that nobody thinks to connect those two dots. Hmm. Months or years to emerge or be detectable. There is a straightforward link between physical abuse and physical health, but it is also important to recognize that maltreatment of any type can cause long-term physical consequences. Some of the things you won't see are learned behaviors or maladaptive behaviors that are not visible. Some of the characteristics you won't see That's what makes them so difficult. You know, the guy or the girl who has several sexual partners. We all know the ugly names that those types of people are called. But think, just think, what if it's due to a hurt that you can't see? They behave that way, self-destructive sexual behavior. It's because there's stuff going on the inside you can't see. 
Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how you feel. I truly believe that it could be, but maybe it's a spiritual or emotional void they keep trying to fill with people or things. Maladaptive behavior is defined as behavior that interferes with an individual's activities of daily living or ability to adjust to and participate in particular settings. Wow, maladaptive behavior is, it's subtle, right? It's subtle. And the behaviors lie along the spectrum um, from more minor, less impairing behaviors that you might see. Some of them you do see, like nail biting, that's obvious. Somebody has some anxiety issues. Um, Difficulty um, separating, you know, separation anxiety. That could be something that you might be able to see. Maybe not. But it could be more severe impairing behaviors like self-injurers, people who are cutters, right? Um, Or, as I mentioned a second ago, over-sexualized behaviors. That happens too. That seriously interfere. These behaviors that seriously interfere with individuals' ability to maintain relationships with others, learn, and or engage in adaptive um, behaviors, age-appropriate activities and settings. You know, you hang out with the right people. Um, age-appropriate, age-appropriate settings, right? Because of their impairment, impairing nature, maladaptive behaviors are often the target of interventions, which really makes a lot of sense. Because um, because um, just to simply put the drink or drug down isn't enough. If you don't dig a little deeper with some psychotherapy and counseling to figure out what the driving force is behind the need to self-medicate, If you don't find what that is, man, I can almost assure you relapse is just down the road, right? Just down the road. You can't just put the drink or drug down. You got to find the root issue. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, CBD is cognitive behavioral therapy. And there's other therapies that um, can work towards finding behavioral changes, finding the root of um, whatever maladaptive behaviors you might be exhibiting, right? You got to get to the root of the problem. Maladaptive behaviors are actions that prevent people from adapting, adjusting, or participating in different aspects of life. Such actions are intended to help relieve or avoid stress, but they are often disruptive and may contribute to increased distress, discomfort, and anxiety over time. So just masking, it's not going to work. Many of us inadvertently develop dysfunctional strategies to help us cope with feelings of anxiety, stress, or panic. You may use these strategies because they relieve some discomfort for the moment. Now take it for a second. Are there little things about you that you do 
as a little bit of a defense mechanism, right? To protect you um, from whatever, whatever the case may be. You don't like to, you don't like confrontation, so you don't really talk to people or make choices or, um, you know, give any insight, any ideas on things because uh, you know you don't want to start an argument because uh, you don't like to argue with people because arguing increases your anxiety. Um, and so you avoid it, right? And I'll talk a little more about that in just a minute. But you can see those maladaptive behaviors, um, and they do become um, the types of behaviors that protect you from feeling what you're trying to avoid feeling. I know. It can be confusing, (laughs) but it's amazing to see that just about everyone I've ever met, and maybe not in excess, like this is talking about how it um, creates... Um, a dysfunction in a, in a behavior or in a family or, or uh, creates areas where you're not able to adjust or adapt to different difficult things. Not everybody's that extreme, but there are things that I think everyone does um, to try to protect them from whatever they're trying to avoid feeling, right? I hope that sounds like some of you that are listening. I do. I'm the mention the nail biter. I'm a, I do that too. And I used to hate confrontation. So I really avoided arguing at any cost, but I also avoided arguing because I have anger issues. Um, and so I have anger, uh, um, and arguing and letting it build and letting it build and letting it build is not good for someone like me either. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it's kind of crazy that I I do, I do like talking about this stuff, probably because I, I, I am familiar with what anxiety feels like. I'm, I am familiar with what depression feels like, anger issues. Um, I understand using substances to medicate those things. Maladaptive behavior, right? Maladaptive behavior. And it came later for me in life, but, you know, not everybody's the same. Sometimes learning behaviors that protect you are learned early, early in life. Ultimately, however, maladaptive behaviors don't help you to deal with the root cause of your stress. The relief that these behaviors provide is only temporary. And often leads to other issues or exacerbates existing ones. Maladaptive behavior can manifest in a wide variety of ways. These behavior patterns can often be destructive and can be um, or can affect physical health, mental health, affect relationships and other important areas of functioning. Right. We talked about spiritual and emotional growth. Right? That kind of that area, that growth area can be stunted. Right? Here's a few things, common signs of maladaptive behavior. And this is just a few. Avoiding things that are stressful or unpleasant. You do what you gotta do to avoid that. Engaging in maladaptive daydreaming, which involves elaborate fantasies that replace real life 
interactions. Some people just don't want to live in their life in real time. Hiding your true feelings rather than asserting opinions or emotions. We talked about that. Hurting yourself to cope with feelings of distress. Outburst of anger. I've mentioned that. Using drugs or alcohol to manage anxiety or other emotions. Withdrawing. Withdrawing from social situations that cause discomfort or anxiety. I know a lot of people that do that. For sure. Maladaptive behavior can emerge for a number of different reasons, including the presence of mental health conditions. Sometimes that could be the cause. Whether you're treated or untreated, I know a lot of people who understand the fact that they have mental health issues, and that is the source or the reason for them not being social or avoiding conversation. It brings them anxiety to be in public, right? Those kinds of things. So sometimes that could be. People use maladaptive behaviors regardless of whether they have a mental health condition or not, which is true. However, those with the certain mental health conditions are likely to exhibit maladaptive behaviors, as I just discussed. One of them could be related to anxiety disorder. Sometimes it's harder for people, uh, or more so for others, um, and not every, it's different for everybody, right, on how they respond um, to things that make them anxious. People with anxiety disorders are likely to display maladaptive behaviors, particularly avoidance, in order to cope with their discomfort. Avoidance, specifically socially withdrawal, right, Social withdrawal is one of the most common behaviors among people with social anxiety disorder, which is true. Being around people makes you anxious. However, like all maladaptive behaviors, avoidance can keep you trapped in a cycle of anxiety. Because before you know it, being around people makes you anxious. And then you narrow the circle you're in because in the thought of being around people, makes you anxious, uh, and it can it can escalate from there. It just gets worse. Now, anxiety is not the issue, right? Anxiety is not the issue then before um, the results of maladaptive behavior. There are several others. It's not the only one, right? I've just mentioned a couple. But anxiety seems to be the one that affects a lot of people, maybe, uh, maybe not most, but a lot of people, nonetheless, seem like every other person I come across when I'm dealing with uh, um, a, a working in addiction treatment, anxiety is an issue. Mm. It's amazing. I wish I would have started keeping a tally 15 years ago to see exactly the number of people. I probably would have lost count anyway, right? So here's another one. Avoidance behaviors. In order to avoid anxiety-provoking situations, some people engage in maladaptive coping strategies such as canceling plans at the last minute because they think they will humiliate themselves, skipping social events they are interested in because they think they'll feel awkward, 
or turning down a promotion at work because they don't believe in their own abilities. And then there's consuming alcohol, recreational drugs, or other substances to temporarily feel better. That's avoidance, um, for sure. Avoidance behavior can also involve other tactics to avoid stress or discomfort. For instance, someone who is procrastinating on a homework assignment may think they're un, uh, you may think they're unmotivated, and it's true. Sometimes kids can be unmotivated. College kids can be unmotivated, but it's not always the fact. But deep down, let's say this same college kid, they are struggling with perfectionism and don't believe that that they can complete the assignment well enough for their own standards. Can you imagine living like that? You avoid the whole project because you don't think you're going to live up to your own standards. Now, I wonder who set the bar for that. Even as I'm sitting here talking about this, this kid has a standard that he's afraid that he's not going to be able to meet. And even though it says, or it doesn't, it says his or her own standards, who set the bar originally? Mm. Was it mom or dad? When they were five or 10 or 15? Hmm. Something to think about. Real quick reminder here. These things I have been discussing could very well begin to develop in early childhood. They say that, uh, I say that to say this. This will be the person who is sent off out of the home as an adult at some point and will find themselves in a dysfunctional relationship. Can't meet the standards. And again, we'll have to learn to identify these things in ourselves. We have to. We have to be able to identify these flaws in ourselves to start the recovery and healing process. Hmm. Alternatively, you may use safety behaviors, also known as partial avoidance behaviors to prevent potential public humiliation. You'll take precautions. (laughs) These behaviors are considered a more subtle form of avoidance because although you're not outright avoiding a situation, you're not fully engaging in it either. Let me paint that picture, right? Some, Some examples of safety behaviors in people with social anxiety. Now, when I say these, you're going to probably recognize yourself or someone you know. Okay? Taking on roles or responsibilities in social situations, such as taking pictures or setting up equipment so that you don't have to interact with others. Is that you? (laughs) Think about that for a minute. Well, I don't have a whole minute, but think about that. Would that be you? Would you take on any of the behind the scenes tasks in order to avoid people (coughs) 
Here's another one. Avoiding eye contact to avoid being noticed by others. Sure. Wearing neutral colors, I'm assuming. Neutral or um, excessive amounts of clothing to avoid attention. Right? So you don't wear anything flashy. uh, Nothing too skimpy. You sort of kind of frumpy. And your clothing is to avoid attention. Maybe you're minimizing your feelings to avoid confrontation or potential rejection. That can always be the case, right? That could always be the case. Avoidance. I know people who do that too. I do. Mm. As you can see, there are so many ways that one's parenting style can affect a child all the way up through adulthood. Spoiling a child could result in one having a superiority complex. I've talked about that in a few podcasts before, right? They could grow up to be someone who seemingly is entitled. We probably all know at least one person like that. Or they grow up to just allow people to run all over them. Neither personality makes for a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship. These issues create a very difficult spouse for anyone. And maybe your spouse is that way. Have I mentioned any of these characteristics? And you go, yeah, yeah, that's him or her. Right? Be thinking on it now. Neither personality makes for a healthy marriage or relationship. I'm not saying that you should both be just super assertive because then you're always arguing. There's got to be some give and take, right? Got to be some give and take. But you can't keep yourself in situations where you're always the one getting run over either. That's not healthy. Identify your baggage and cut it loose. Ask yourself, based on my parenting style, how will my child develop? And I'm not saying every childhood issue or struggle or any uh, child, adult child, some of the things they're going through in their life fall on the parents, right? That's not what I'm saying because... Um, they do also develop their own opinions and the way that they view things as they grow up. And they base their own decisions on a lot of those things too. So, do I think that every bad decision that an adult child makes is on the parents? No, I do not. No, I do not. Nor do I really believe that some of these things I did discuss... Um, I mean, after you're 18, do they still fall on the parents? I have a difficult time with that too, because after you're out of the house and you moved on and you're already in, um, your first grown up relationship, I think it's on you. It's on you to identify the fact that you have some character flaws, but not everybody is that's in a committed relationship 
today is going to say, you know what, I know I have a little bit of a superiority complex and I feel like most people um, in our families and who I work with are beneath me. Um, I see that now and I think I'm going to figure out how to work on that. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Right? Of course, it's scary to own that. It is scary to own that. And nobody's going to say, you know, I'm not going to go to um, the after work um, get together um, because I really don't like people. And being in large groups makes me anxious. Uh, I don't like to be in big public places where there's a lot of people. And I know that's a character flaw of my own, um, but that's my social anxiety. Um, and so I'm not going. Nobody will voice that complete truth. They'll just come up with some reason to not go. They'll lie about having to take the kids here, take the kids there, or my spouse needs me this, or, you know, my mom called, or, you know, something. But why does this person have that much anxiety to begin with? That's the real picture I'm trying to paint with this podcast. Is true. Life lessons start early. They do. But if you're an adult child that is still struggling with some of the character flaws of your parents, um, and you know, come on now, you know who you are, and you know that some of those character flaws or character defects have a little bit of an influence on how you treat people, or how you allow for people to treat you, you got to own it. You got to own it. And I say how people treat you too, because it can go both ways. Sure, you can grow up with a superiority complex and think everyone else is beneath you, or you're just the total opposite of that. You let people run over you because mom and dad never let you have your own say. You never had an opinion, or your opinion never mattered. Or your opinion was never good enough. All of those things help develop our kids. And how they treat people and or how they allow others to treat them is how it's going to manifest. I don't know. It's one of those things that are life lessons um, that we learned along the way. But most of all, if these kinds of things that are hidden within you, these hidden hurts, that's what I should have titled this was hidden hurts. But since I was talking about the process of growing up from childhood, it would have sounded funny. But if you're one of those that has a lot of those hidden hurts that you're drinking over, that you're using drugs over, that you're sleeping around over, find some help. Whether it's formal treatment in a mental health facility, inpatient or outpatient, uh, or an addictions treatment setting, inpatient or outpatient, you just got to do something. You got to do something. And if you happen to know for a fact that your mama's mama or your mama's dad or your dad's dad and 
his dad and, you know, along the way have all treated each other this way, be the one to break the cycle. I'll call it a cycle. Not everybody believes in generational curses, although I do. Do something to break the cycle. You need to bring your kids up with a degree of confidence, but just as importantly, a degree of humbleness where they can stand on their own two feet, hold their head up high, and be proud and not allow people to walk all over them. But yet they're not so proud um, that everyone else is beneath them. Hmm. Food for thought, right? Food for thought. I hope you guys got something out of this podcast. Uh, I appreciate your time again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure and share this with a friend. And again, hit that message button. Start a conversation with me. Talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you.